2013 has begun. Is is it good already? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was nice to start the year with a clean sheet, wasn't it, Ed? You picked a heck of a week to stop predicting clean sheets. Yeah, made big fuss about that one, didn't I, in last week's predictions and uh, what happens to clean sheets. I told you Fergie listens to the show, and just to spite me, he's gone, let's get a bit more defensive this week, because actually United were a little bit more defensive, I thought, especially at West, West Brom. Uh, game felt like it petered out in the second half, and, and uh, almost as if United were concentrating on that clean sheet. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, he has worked the team in that regard. I mean, two absolutely excellent performances from United since we last spoke. Yeah, very much so, I thought. Wigan, yeah, really superb. West Brom, excellent for the first hour, shall we say. You know, really controlled the game and the tempo, especially through that first half. So much possession, perhaps just missing a little bit of penetration at times. And then then Wigan, just a superb performance all round. Uh, um, Martinez said it was one-sided and and it very much was. And some brilliant goals to boot. And I think Fergie, having said before the hand that United, with a real shout, they can stop conceding goals. Uh, having made the point uh, that uh, United couldn't keep conceding goals and, and keep coming back all the time the week before, it really, you know, he really got his team together and concentrating. And it felt like there was uh, just something better about the defensive display and the shape. And I think Tom cleverly helps a lot there. And you know, he really does add some energy to the midfield. But West Brom, I mean, we we said last week it was going to be a really tough game for United, didn't we? And and it just didn't turn out to be the case. No, uh, are they really underdelivered? I thought, but but. There's a few couple of things. I said two excellent performances. Obviously, really, it's one excellent performance and a decent performance. The West Brom game was a weird one, and that, part of the reason for that was the pitch. Um, it was like an old school United at Christmas. When remember when the Old Trafford pitch was just absolutely awful all the way through the winter. It, it was really boggy and muddy just because the weather conditions had been so bad, and there was pitch inspection before the match and all that sort of thing. And the ball really was sticking, wasn't it, when it moved? But but West Brom did look like they maybe a bit overawed by the occasion, and I I, I do think that. It was similar in the Wigan game, but, you know, the Christmas period, we always sort of cite what a, what an important time it is, and there's such huge games, and makes so much difference to the title race. But for the smaller teams, it's an absolute nightmare, because we ro- we've rotated heavily during this period. Five changes for the West Brom game, a number of changes for the Wigan game as well. Just so many options for Ferguson, and, and West Brom and Wigan don't have that luxury, so I think they were just really tired as much as anything else. Yeah, I think I think you're a really good point there. And of course, we saw Newcastle really collapse against Arsenal, who had a, an extra bit of breathing space, didn't they? I, I, th- I think it's a strategic advantage for the bigger teams who've got the bigger squads, uh, having so many games at Christmas. And and the irony about that is, is that some of the bigger teams would prefer to have a winter break. Yeah, you know, Ferguson said this many times, and the smaller teams don't because they want the the gates around the Christmas and New Year period. So I, I think it works against them in that respect. And and uh, four games in nine nine days is an awful lot if you can't uh, rotate. And I thought Ferguson did it pretty smartly. You know, we've seen times in the past when United have rotated six, seven, eight players at a time, and it's really damaged the coherence of the side, and that didn't feel like it happened over Christmas. Really great, really great period for United. I mean, Swansea draw aside in a game that United should have won. Three wins in a draw is excellent. Okay, the gap hasn't changed, has it, to City? Yeah, City also performed pretty well over the Christmas period. Equally easy win against Stoke and a solid victory at Norwich for City. But seven year, seven points into the new year is more than anyone could have expected at the beginning of this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to the West Brom game, Shinji came back and it was really exciting. That boy looks magic, doesn't he? 
Look, just read the signals from Ferguson. Whatever he says, it's the opposite. So he made a big point in his press conference about Kigawa uh, not really being ready and, and maybe he'd put him on the bench just depended on how fit everyone else was, you know kind of suggested that only in an emergency would it happen. And of course, you know, that had I'm going to start Shinji written all over it, didn't it? And he did, and it's great to see him back. Great to see him back. Um, and of course, he came on against Wigan and very much played in a midfield position. So, But, you know, there's loads more to come from him. It depends on how long Rooney's out for, of course, whether we'll see much more of Kigawa in the next couple of months and certainly until the back end of the season. It's that old thing that we've talked about quite a few times now about where's he going to play. And, you know, I, I suspect he's, he's going to end up being an impact sub and being rotated and, and Rooney and Van Persie will be the front two of choice in the biggest games which you kind of expect yeah absolutely but Kagawa offers so much doesn't he as an option linked up really well with Chicharito in the West Brom game Kagawa did the the number of plan B's and C's and D's we've got up front is just phenomenal talking of letters the boy is a magician RVP came on strolled onto the field against West Brom just after Danny Welbeck had done really well had a good opportunity and the keeper had managed to get a hand to it RVP comes on it's like no no listen Danny what you've got to do is you've got to make it absolutely physically impossible for their goalkeeper to save it and just scored a, a belter against West Brom and then another fantastic performance against Wigan uh, from a man who is swiftly endearing himself well he basically has endeared himself in the hearts of United fans up and down well all around the world it's the the first rank cast of 2013 so we have asked a few people face to face when we, we got the chance to meet them meet up with them what they were most looking forward to in 2013 and what they'd most enjoyed about 2012 and I also asked uh, the listeners on Twitter this and RVP comes up time and time and time again about things you've most enjoyed about 2012 and he's just had a phenomenal Christmas period hasn't he really has I mean two absolutely blinding goals we can talk about there I mean uh, cut inside against West Brom and lashed into the corner no chance for the keeper and, and uh, the subtle side uh, of Van Persie uh, for one of his goals against Wigan switched from the left to the right foot didn't panic at all straight into the net didn't look to hit it too hard really no back lift as such and and uh, beat the keeper by passing it into the net and he can do both he's he's as Ferguson said the complete footballer at the moment he's at this rate you'd probably back him to be footballer of the year again you know retain his crown there he's got what 19 goals for united already so he's on course at uh, you know turn of the year to match his 30 odd from last season or you know get close to it anyway and we we talked about this when we met up over christmas didn't we that's the difference that a a really high class player can make and united have bought in uh, not that type of player for the most part over the last few years and and filled out the squad and hoped that some of the younger players would develop into that type of player van persie's the finished product you know best best striker in the premier league by some distance at the moment i'd say keeping up with him goal tally wise at least in that game against wigan was chicharito who's really i mean i actually don't think the two of them work as well as some of other attacking combinations together which is a ridiculous thing to say just after they've scored four goals between the two of them but I think sometimes they get quite separated and and we lose a bit because Cheech plays so high up and and Robin drops a lot deeper and I love seeing Van Persie in in and around the box 
but they combine to excellent effect actually against Wigan and uh, Chicharito is kind of ridiculously instinctive for no you know the the goal from the Van Persie free kick was sort of bubbles around and Chicharito just sticks a leg out but not not in a kind of lucky way just in an incredibly pure moment of instinct and basically no one else in the box knows what's happening with the ball until he's put it in the back of the net you know he he knew he's he's tracking that he's like a you know like a, a predator of some kind like a like lynx or a panther or something he just likes goals a lot doesn't he he really does, and, and in, in that aspect, United were a bit fortunate with some of the goals. I think three of the goals against Wigan took a bounce off a player somewhere, and United got a lucky break. But the class uh, and the quality of finishing was absolutely outstanding, I thought, and that's what Hernandez is all about. He's improved his game, though, uh, definitely from last year. His first touch is better. You know, we've always talked about his attacking movement, and he really is great playing on the last shoulder of the defender and, and making those diagonal runs and his movement around the boxes. It's not by accident that the ball fall, finds him in the box. One of the things that really annoyed me about his play before was when he came deep, you know, and he seemed to break up the pattern of the play by coming too deep, facing the wrong way, and it just wasn't good. And he's actually improved that aspect of his game as well. And I think he's he's definitely maturing as a player. It's still really difficult for him to get a lot of game time, but, you know, he is getting game time, and Welbeck's suffering as a result, I suppose. Um, at least uh, at least Welbeck's suffering for, for playing in the position he wants to, although, you know, against West Brom he did start, and, and he wasn't particularly good. And talking of Chicharito's all-round game, over the Christmas period where we did meet up with a few people, it was extremely nice to meet uh, Musa Akwanga, uh, Manchester United's Poet Laureate. That's an unofficial title, but it's it's well-deserved. You can find him on the internet at okwanga.com and follow him at Akwanga. And he had this to say about 2012 and 2013. I'm here with Musa. Broadcasting live. <laughs> yeah, broadcasting live from an undisclosed location in Soho. So as we're here, we thought that we'd take the opportunity to ask what was your very favourite footballing moment of 2012? United-related, ideally, but it doesn't have to be. Do you know what it was, actually? In a kind of cheesy way, I think it was either Hernandez against Braca, the amazing performance when he came back and basically was a fantastic playmaker and set up the 3-2 win. Or in a funny way, it was Van Persie apologising after missing the penalty against Southampton, having scored a hat-trick, because in a way, looking back, that showed he was a real United player. He really cared about the club, and despite scoring a hat-trick, he was like, I let my teammates down. And that, to me, has set the foundation for so much which has followed since then. And so, I guess the follow-on question is, what are you most looking forward to out of United in 2013? I'm really looking forward to Anderson returning. I can't wait for that. I think he's a fantastic player. Raphael coming back. I'm really looking forward to Valencia regaining form because I love the way that Ferguson kept so much faith in his wingers. He's kept playing young, young as play back himself back into form. You've got Valencia out of form now but still working very hard. I'm looking forward to that. And I really think that we've got a good chance of doing something exciting in the league but also in Europe if we're lucky. Extremely good to hear from Musa and was very nice to meet him as well. Uh, and he was responsible for one of my 2012 highlights. Two of them actually. It was a poem about Gary Neville and a poem about Eric Cantona's collar. He told me that they were going to be two of my highlights of 2012 before the year started. I would have, I would have pushed in your face. So yeah, well, you mentioned Danny Welbeck. Uh, not a great game, but it is very difficult, and his position in the squad is very difficult to assess, isn't it? He's really unlucky, of course, because Van Persie's come in and, and taken a lot of game time away. And we, we had high praise for Welbeck, of course, last season. The partnership he developed with Rooney and, and the fact that he seemed to be, coming, be turning into an all-round player. And he had a really good Euro 2012 with England. Uh, but he just can't get the game time at the moment. It's disrupted his rhythm and, and his finishing isn't very good at the moment. And I think the movement's not quite as good either. And 
His physical presence that he's got is is one thing, but uh, there needs to be more to his game than that. And he kind of had it last season and doesn't this. And uh, what's he got now? One goal in 20-something appearances this season, or his last 20-something appearances, sorry. It's really tough because, you know, that kind of goal ratio is not going to get him a game in the side very often, is it? You know, when Ferguson has talked so often about scoring goals and how important that is this season. So it's a really tough position for him at the moment. He's definitely fourth choice. He'll at least stay that because Angelo Henriquez has gone off to Wigan. You know, he's not under threat from the youngsters for that fourth place spot, I suppose. But it's tough for him. But hey, look, he's young. He's got time to develop. I have lots of faith in uh, his ability. Whether he'll ever be of the kind of class of Rooney and, and and Percy is another thing, of course, but he's still got lots of value to add uh, to United's squad, you know, just just tough for him. Yeah, at and moment. at the other end of the age spectrum, a player, I think, worthy of positive mention, given he's coming for a reasonable amount of criticism, a very reasonable criticism as well, I think, from many United fans. An absolutely excellent Christmas campaign from Ryan Giggs. A wonderful performance against West Bromwich from the left of midfield. Very impressive against Swansea. Really good cameo in the Newcastle game. Just all-round big contribution made by Giggsy. Yeah, right, and played the full game that's, against that's Wigan as well. Rather than West Brom, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, great, great contribution for a, for a man of his age. Of course, it's going it's to be really tough to say that he could keep doing that because like the history of the last couple of years' performances from Ryan Giggs and and of course his age say that that probably won't happen. You know, um, I know Ferguson will rotate for the West Ham game, so he could well end up playing that one as well because uh, Fergie wants to keep all his key players as fit and fresh as possible. So we'll see. Uh, ni- nice to see him playing well, though. You know, maybe a very very late. I mean, Indian that, summer. that's the thing. It's it's not so much whether or not he can keep doing it. It's that I really wasn't even sure whether it would ever happen again. Uh, so it was nice to see that actually, no, you know, he has rediscovered some form and and playing him on the in the left on the left of midfield. It just works sort of much better than when he plays in the middle. And and Patrice, the nature of the way Patrice plays the game means he's never on his own when he's attacking. And there's loads of energy and pace added to the attack down the left hand side anyway. Uh, Ashley Young, also an, a really fine Christmas campaign, just, uh, you know, another player that came in for massive stick. And apart from his ongoing tendency to be shot by the opposition whenever they breeze past him, it, he's really contributed a lot and, and been excellent, very lively, good, really good movements and very decent passing and, and worthy of praise, I think, given how much stick he got. Yep, yeah, and you know when he contributes in an attacking sense, he's he's got plenty to contribute. Young, you know, I don't think anyone will ever ever say that he's in the same kind of class as some of uh, United's other players. But but yeah, he he had a good Christmas period. But for once, a mediocre English player that Liverpool has not bought. Sorry, that's that's cruel. That is mean. They uh, they they love it, don't they? So after West Brom and Wigan, that was the the turn of the year, I suppose. And and as Paul said, we we spoke to a few friends uh, over the Christmas period. You've heard from Musa. Uh, we also spoke to Awate, and this was his thoughts on his favourite moment from 2012 and and the year ahead. I'm here with original friend of the show, Awate. What was your 2012 highlight? My highlight of 2012 was when we sold the G bomb, Darren Gibson. 
to Everton for a nominal fee and it was part of Fergie's plan for us to win the league because the day that Ravel Morrison left, I was in tears. No, I wasn't really in tears. I was really, really upset about that one. That one hurt me. But Paul Pogba came on. The match was against Stoke, right, on transfer deadline day. And Paul Pogba came on. I was like, oh, see, see what happens when you work hard. Look, Paul Pogba's staying with us forever. But I remember watching that match at my mate's house. Really upset because Ravel Morrison left. But City were playing Everton. And I was watching United match. I wasn't watching City one. I don't have two screens. I was just watching the United, United v Stoke match. And for some reason, the stadium started erupting into a song I've never heard before. And it seemed like they were singing one Darren Gibson and I was so confused until I realised one minute that can only mean one thing aren't City playing Everton holy crap Darren Gibson scored Fergie's a genius he's masterminded the whole thing Fergie knew that was going to happen alright so what could possibly live up to that in 2013 winning the Champions League is going to be brilliant this year I can't wait for it alright you know I'm going to say we're going to batter Real Madrid we've got a way better team than them think about it this way we are Man United we have the history of United and we've got the two best strikers in the world we're going to outgun people Great to hear from Awate, and we also asked the same question on Twitter, and a number of you have written in, and here are some of your comments. At Chian Landog says, The Galuminati is obviously the best thing about 2012. Good shout, although they might have paid him to say that. At the Aardvark Man says, The Felix Baumgartner dive was pretty classy. <laughs> yes, good point. At Mier to 23, our friend Marta says, I bet everyone will say this, but beating City when Paul Scholes came back to, brackets, almost save us on the same day was amazing. And it it certainly was amazing. Uh, Lots of people talking about that. And, of course, loads and loads and loads of people citing RVP and the difference that he's made to the side. So that's brilliant. In terms of things that people are looking forward to in 2013, at Amon Palman says he's very much looking forward to more hilarious tweets from at MUFC underscore Facebook. However, I love Christmas. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm also looking forward to those things. Loads and loads and loads and loads of people have said that their highlight of 2012 was uh, finding the rent cast. So that's that's absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that you've enjoyed it. Brown noses. <laughs> At Brie Red Ant says, Johnny, Lionel Messi, Evans and Raphael. Yeah, both both incredibly impressive this season. I, I've really enjoyed the fact that Everest turned into this like goal-scoring machine too. That's pretty cool. At Will Lum says, looking forward to the Madrid tie, the home leg in particular, and more ORVP. And a lot of people mentioning that Madrid that Madrid tie too. Mostly, more than anything else, uh, people saying what they're looking forward to in 2013 is Manchester United winning title number 20. Got to have a lot of confidence at the moment, haven't you? I mean, I think my prediction at the start of the season was that City would retain their title. It's it's hard to hold to that prediction now, isn't it? I mean, let's be let's be honest. Seven point lead uh, isn't as good as United's lead last season, but it's looking pretty good. And and this is without United really hitting massively top form. And you kind of expect through the spring that United would get even stronger, uh, especially if we can sort out some of the injury problems, which which appears to be the case. You know, it seems like Nani aside, ev- pretty much everyone in the squad uh, it's fit and uh, Rooney Rooney to come back very shortly too we also spoke to someone that mentioned the rank cast being one of their favourite discoveries of 2012 we met with our friend Liz Worsley we're here with official friend of the show Liz so Liz I've been asking everyone favourite moment of 2012 Okay, I'm really sorry, it's very obvious, but it's got to be Van Persie against uh, City, partly because I've got the memory of a goldfish, so I can only remember a few weeks back. But I was in a pub in London, I'd moved down here recently, and I was surrounded by people who hated Van Persie, because 
I was in Islington and it's obviously you know, an Arsenal territory. So when City equalised, they were all taunting Van Persie. There was only me and my brother there and we were just really desperate to hold on for a draw at the time. And then I just couldn't believe my eyes when he scored. And I just jumped up and was screaming and made a fool of myself in the middle of this book. It felt like we, we got a piece of our dominance back again because I feel like the last two years, it's all shifted towards City again. And they've, they've been really, really dominant at the Etihad as well. So it just felt like such a powerful victory. I love it. It might be obvious, but it's absolutely beautiful. So 2013, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to us getting the league back, definitely. <laughs> Another obvious answer. I'm really hoping that we're going to go far in Europe as well, although I can't really see how we're going to get past Real Madrid with our defence at the moment. And I'm hoping that Cleverly is going to really develop, and Kagawa as well. I'd love to see those two do really well, because I presume we're not going to get anyone in January. So I'd love to see Cleverly develop. And lovely to meet Liz uh, over the Christmas period. Fine purveyor of football cartoons. And a fine purveyor of football writing is at Doran Salaman, who was also there and had this to say about 2012 and 2013. I'm here with Doran, friend of the show, I think it's fair to say. Your favourite moment of 2012. United-wise, and you can throw in football in general if you want to. Well, it's a really tough one, I think. From my point of view, it's probably related to youth. I think I, I really enjoyed watching the Youth Cup run at the start of 2012. Um, the under-18s got to the semi-finals of the Youth Cup, and it was a really young side at the time. The likes of Matt Starley, Adnan Yanazai, Ben Pearson were all kind of doing their thing at the time. And you got to watch them growing up as the campaign went on. And ultimately, they lost to a really, really good Chelsea side who went on to win the competition. But as the, as the year's gone on, we've been able to watch them grow. Um, as part, of, They're still all under 18, so we've been able to watch them grow as part of the under 18s, as part of the academy. And despite, you know, FA Youth Cup um, disappointment against Burnley and disappointment in Singapore as well, they, they lost to um, Sporting Lisbon in a, in a competition out there. I think we've seen some really good stuff from them. From the first team point of view, it, it's got to be Lampard. Percy, you can't look beyond him. I mean, I'm happy to say I was really, really not disappointed, but underwhelmed by his signings. I wanted a central midfielder, but the guy is pure class. What are you most, and talking to Van Persie, which I think is probably going to be quite a common answer to this question, but what are you most looking forward to in 2013? Oddly enough, it's not Van Persie, it's Kagawa. Of the new signings, he was the one that really got to me. I mean, I was so excited by him because I thought he was the player we really needed and Adorman had been so good. And it's just a case of him finding his place in the side and us understanding what he's all about. And I think given his injuries, given the fact he's taken some time to bed into the squad, I think 2013 will be all about him and ultimately him leading us to glory along with Robin and Rooney and everyone else. Very good. Good to hear from Doran, as always. One of the things I, I thought about when I was thinking back at 2012 was some of the, the bad points of 2012. We can't ignore those, can we? You know, kind of began in such a sour fashion as well, 2012, with Luis Suarez refusing to shake Patrice Evra's hand and the, the whole kind of black mark, I thought, and that's not a pun intended there, on, on Liverpool's history you know, as a club handled it so badly and Kenny Dalglish's kind of bizarre rant and interview on TV afterwards and uh, uh, the series of press releases the club put out, you know, defending the, their player and attacking the FA and the kind of bizarre conspiracy that they'd, uh, they'd tried to create around the whole thing. And it wasn't a great start to the year, but I thought, you know, United, by contrast, handled it really well. I, you know, I'm not one to praise the management of United very often, but I thought there was a kind of very dignified way they handled what was an extremely controversial situation. 
Yeah, absolutely. And actually, a couple of people mentioned Evra's celebrations uh, after the win at Old Trafford, the the third leg in the trilogy, the third episode in the trilogy, uh, the happy ending that we all we all wanted. That that game against Liverpool was definitely my footballing low light of the year. Much worse than the losing the league for me. Not not because it was against Liverpool, but just because of the poisonous atmosphere. You know, lots and lots and lots of people being sort of hoodwinked by their institution into believing that somehow their their man had been wronged and that tribalism was what was important in that situation when it so clearly wasn't and and the fact that the racist element of football support has unquestionably been empowered by the actions of both Liverpool and Chelsea unfortunately um, in this period of time and there was a worrying little wobbly moment earlier when thought Sir Alex Ferguson might be getting in on the action with the kick it out t-shirt stuff but fortunately no he he backed down he realised the bigger issue that was at stake and he's not the most humble man in the world is he Fergie but he handled that in quite a humble fashion actually I thought he did, and talking of disputes with Ferguson, uh, Ravel Morrison left in 2012, a player that we spoke about on many, many occasions on this pod, uh, you know, with great hope and, and in the few sort of moments he had with United in, in mainly in Carling Cup and FA Cup games. We thought there was something special about to happen there and didn't, and it's all gone kind of downhill for Ravel since he left West Ham. He's played once for the Hammers and then was shipped out to Birmingham City on loan, where he's actually getting some games. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't agree with the assessment that's all gone downhill for him, actually. I think it's it's on the ascent again. He seems to have settled in quite well at Birmingham. I think they're looking after him quite well. He's playing a lot of games and he's had at least one Man of the Match award and, you know, there's a lot of buzz around him at Birmingham because of that. So it does it does seem like he's perhaps fitting in somewhere. Although, you know, I think uh, I do think given his situation, it's probably unsustainable given everything that he's done in the past. You can't imagine that that's suddenly going to turn around. There is hope for him, and I, I hope uh, somehow he, he does manage to turn his life around and make a success of his career, because his talent certainly demands it, even if the man and the attitude hasn't always. You know. Really black mark on, on 2012, United's IPO in New York, and the Glazers kind of spun this one in, in uh, early summer, and rumours of an IPO have been around for quite some time, but it became apparent that New York was the final destination, and, and the initial prospectus said that uh, all the money raised would go to death in the end. Uh, about 60 million went to debt and, and even more went to the Glazers' own personal fund. Very grim and entirely unsurprising, really. Completely unsurprising, and, and I, I suppose the, the summer purchases of Van Persie, Kigawa and, and Nick Powell did something to kind of quell any unrest about that one. We're now talking about an institution that is owned by, at least partly owned by, uh, American shareholders, uh, mostly owned by an American family who is lining their pockets with the loot that us United fans m- predominantly pay and, and is now registered in the Cayman Islands so we can't see any of their the real details around the financial shenanigans and it, it's kind of, it's not how it's supposed to be I think as a club so that's, that's definitely a black mark for 2012 unlikely that uh, much will change on, on that front uh, in the coming year. All right, so what are some of your highlights of 2012 then, Ed? Having, having, I mean, obviously, we all know what the other big low light of 2012 was, but we don't need to spend any time on that. But let's let's take it in a slightly more uplifting direction uh, as we hit the turn of the year. What, what were some of your highlights and what are you looking forward to about 2013? 
I suppose one of the real highlights is, is the resurgence in Ferguson's side. And I've come out fighting. That hasn't always been the case in, in dips in the cycle, you know? And it, it is often a cycle, isn't it? And, and Ferguson's almost unique in managing to build and then tear down sides over and over again. And, and this time, he's really come out fighting and it's all-out attack for, from United. And it isn't always going to be successful, you know, because uh, the defensive side is very important. Uh, we'll see whether those two excellent defensive performances against West Brom and Wigan are, are carried on through the rest of the season but but it's been a highlight to see so many goals from United and such an attacking response to Manchester City's uh, rise to the top of the English game. I think it's sort of unique really it's been a long time since Fergie came out just absolutely swinging haymakers as a as a way of combating the slide and, and you're right it's a very quick change in the cycle I don't think I expected this and and you know not to bang on about it although in fact yeah I'm just going to bang on about it the signing of Van Persie is absolutely instrumental in that I mean that's the reason I mean I know there's lots of structural reasons why we're so much more attacking but I think the fact that Van Persie's there is has just made absolutely all the difference to speeding it up a lot of talk from Mancini of how he was trying to buy Van Persie and thought it was almost done and all that sort of thing and just dread to think it would just be a very different picture I think now if they'd signed him instead of us you got to drink it in and enjoy the fact that for once City were not out muscled because it wasn't about money, was it? You know, Van Persie really wanted to join the club, you know, and that's one of the reasons why he's been endeared to United. But it had to be that way, otherwise City would have got him and, and they'd be streaking away at the top of the Premier League right now if, if that had been the case in an alternate universe. Of course, part of that kind of cycle in the Manchester United squad was Dimitar Berbatov leaving in 2012. A sad day. There's a tear brought to many an eye, I think, and not just for the personality and the man and the talent he's got, but for a a talent unfulfilled, perhaps. Uh, Didn't quite provide everything we thought he could, but hate will always have that moment against West Ham. Yeah, and um, Anton Alfie had that as one of his favourite moments of the year because he was a truly divisive figure. Lots of, you know, the general narrative around him is that he was sort of beloved by Man United fans, a certain strain of United fans, but loads of real actual vitriol towards Berbatov for consideration that he is genuinely lazy and overrated and all those things that I'm not sure are true, but people definitely feel them. And we will always have that move against West Ham. And we will always have that hat-trick against Liverpool, which, you know, is one of the finest moments of the last few years. Uh, And it it was sad to see him go, but also in a way not, because it's good to have him playing every week and looking happier, although he did reveal an absolutely awful Keep Calm and Pass to Me t-shirt the other day, which knocked his stock down a a few pegs. 2013 then things that you're looking forward to I must say just watching Van Persie every week and absolutely really hopeful that he doesn't get injured and also that Raphael doesn't get injured because it's been a delight to see him I'm, I'm looking forward to the concept that Antonio Valencia might find some form again which you could definitely see happening and that, um, lots of people mentioning his goal against Blackburn as well as a, a, a truly fantastic moment of 2012 it seemed like it was all going to happen but to me I, I, I don't know uh, to isolate that moment out it's difficult because of because it didn't come to anything I think if we had won the league then yeah that'd be that would, that would feel a lot different so what, what are you looking forward to next year Ed this year trophy number 20 well English English title number 20 it's got to happen hasn't it now no it might happen yeah I'm still not there in terms of confidence seven points clear at Christmas last time we were eight points clear in April you know 
I'm looking forward to see how Angelo Henriquez does at Wigan. We talk transfers in a little bit, but uh, I think that could be really interesting. He looks like a really talented young man to me. Always hard when uh, when you're talking about young players to predict a, a really big future, but you know, here's one who could have it. Looking forward to having a summer with no international football and uh, all our players get to have a break. Uh, going on an extensive worldwide tour with Manchester United Mega Bucks. Yeah, that'll be good. No, seriously though, apart from apart from the prospect of winning title number twenty, is there is there anything else you, you think looks nice nice on the horizon? Looks, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe that Tom Cleverley is turning into the central midfielder that we always hoped Ferguson would get and buy over the last five years. You know, maybe. It's it's hard to say just yet. He's got to keep fit, he's got to keep putting in those performances. I, I'm looking forward to watching the Michael Carrick metronome for the next four or five months. Outstanding uh, again, I thought, against West Brom. Really good performance, I thought it was man of the match actually. Uh, worth pointing out as well that the public narrative about Michael Carrick appears to be shifting. Uh, two weeks in a row, Shearer did a little bit of analysis on that. Alanis's sorry on match of the day about him, and Gary Neville picked him in his team of team of the season so far. And that kind of you know underrated players player hipster football appreciation pass statistic type player uh, seems to be slightly changing and actually his true value to United seems to be uh, becoming more public knowledge which is interesting to see. His performances have been outstanding for United over the past year I mean 2012 was a, a really good campaign for him I mean especially the, the first half of 2012 I suppose and you know he's he's a key member of United United side right now still only 31 so he's got plenty of years left not, not as if he relies on his pace not much of it there but he uses that brain really well and, and he's going to be really really key to United I think you know, part of that narrative you talk about is is that the big occasions on which United have failed I suppose in the last few years those two Champions League finals against Barcelona and, and he was so completely and totally dominated by Barcelona on those two occasions that that really does stick in the mind you know and I think that's affected a lot of United fans it's definitely affected the wider perception because that was the biggest possible stage and he failed completely but in terms of general performances he's been outstanding for United recently and it's nice to see and he'll always have detractors and part of the reason he'll always have detractors is because there's a sort of there's an over defensiveness about Carrick because because he's had so much unfair criticism that some of the people who are team Carrick get a little bit carried away you know he he, he does have flaws he's not He's not the perfect all-round midfielder. He's not as as good as Roy Keane empirically, you know. But at recycling possession and absolutely devastating assist in the Newcastle game, just, just beautiful passing of the ball and and as you say, metronome metronomic. Talking to Michael Carrick's detractors, nothing wrong with detractors. They're just not as fast as baby Bentleys those footballers like. Oh, that's I'm upset now, Ed. You've upset me. Something that has upset some people and not others is Sir Alex Ferguson saying that he's not going to retire all over again. What, what do you reckon, Ed? What's he said? What? I, I think when he's in the in the grave in his box and they're, you know they're burying him, he'll be banging on the lid, going, yeah, "Just give me two more years. I promise, in two more years, I'll retire." Has this upset people? I, I don't know. It's, I, I wonder why he even bothers commenting on it at all. Because he said so many times, uh, I think he said in the 2008 Champions League final, I, I, won't, I won't last any more than three years, no chance. Uh, and then he said something similar a couple of years ago. And there's a whole anecdote about Bobby Robson's 70th birthday. He, he stood up and said there's absolutely no chance he'll be still managing when he's 70. Well, he's 71 now. And he's still going and he has no ideas about retiring. Uh, so it seems, oh, well, maybe it's a big smoke screen and he'll call it quits in you know, middle of May after the Premier League fin- has finished. 
He's been winding up all and sundry, including English television presenter royalty Anton Deck, who tweeted that they'd, I believe it was Deck, so it was signed with a D. They share a Twitter account. What's up with that? It'd be like me and you sharing a Twitter account. They've tweeted that they lost respect for Sir Alex Ferguson, and man, it's going to be going to be tough for the boss to sleep after that one. It really is. I mean, they're, they're wee men who support a wee club, aren't they? It was. It, it is a very dismissive thing to say, and he said it because Alan Pardew really got his going. It's interesting that Fergie said, you know, he forgot all that. He forgets all the help I've given him, and it's clearly that sense of if you're in Fergie's club, then you're all right. But if you step outside Fergie's club, you're going to get both barrels. And uh, the wee club in the northeast wasn't really meant as a dig at Newcastle. I don't think it was mostly a dig at, at Alan Pardew. Yeah, I mean, I think Pardew's fair game, and especially, I mean, just a massive hypocrite. How can he possibly go on about Ferguson having to go at the referee when when he, you know, tried to push a linesman over, so, and then thought it was a great big joke and really funny, so, no, he's one man who has absolutely no moral high ground when it comes to berating referees, and, and uh, by the way, you know, Ferguson was uh, was pretty emotional, uh, as he put it, uh, in, in uh, talking to Mike Dean and the officials in the Newcastle game, but, but yeah, disrespectful about Newcastle, uh, that was unnecessary. Uh, I don't mind him taking Pardew down a peg or two because, you know, Pardew's uh, in a job that's too big for him and we're talking about Newcastle and, and they're a wee club, quote-unquote. It's interesting because you said... Uh- we were talking about Fergie in the media, you know, as long as it stays on the right side of ridiculous, then the press story won't be mockery. And then pretty much the day after that, there was a, a back page headline in the Daily Mirror, which had him photoshopped in the middle of a, a Christmas cracker and, you know, just his head in the middle of a pulled cracker. And it said, you know, Christmas crackers, Fergie goes off on Pardew. And it was it was interesting that the, the media story, it did cross the line into just making fun of Alex Ferguson. But then now we leave this Christmas period and we're seven points clear at the top of the league we've performed extremely well he's managed the rotation pretty much perfectly and the whole the media pressure that would have been on after Rooney's poor performance at Swansea never materialised it's just been all Fergie all the time he's, he's really it's been a pretty triumphant couple of weeks uh, you only gave him 7 out of 10 for the first half of the season but I wonder if that would have been bumped up by half a point if, if you'd made those scores today uh, I don't do half points though Paul I think I think he deserves an eight now. I I I didn't disagree with your seven then, but I think he maybe he maybe he might have bumped it up one. Talking of ridiculous, uh, the transfer market has opened and Liverpool are the big first players uh, spending twelve million pounds on Chelsea reserve Daniel Sturridge. That's to go with the fifteen million pounds they spent on Jordan Henderson, the twenty million they spent on Downing, and countless other millions on other highly mediocre players. I can't believe you haven't singled out the the greatest of all millions on mediocre English players, Ed. Ah, well, yeah, he's not even their player anymore, really, you know. He's he's currently being mediocre at West Ham. (laughs) And for no money. Yeah, £35 million for Andy Carroll makes all other transfers that Liverpool do look like majestic value, but... I, I don't think this is a terrible transfer. I think he, we all complement their style quite effectively. It's good good for Sturridge because he's not getting in that Chelsea side because he's not good enough for them. He, they've definitely overpaid, but you do overpay for English club to English club transfers, especially in January. You know, you could argue that we've overpaid for Van Persie, even though the quality is obviously like we've way underpaid, but given his age profile and injury history profile, we've spent a lot of money on him. It's working out for now. Oh, yeah, but, you know, you'd rather overpay for the very, very best than than for not very much. 
course, some business done by United already in the transfer window. Angelo Henriquez gone to Wigan on a six-month loan, as I mentioned already. Young Chilean player. Big hopes for him. I think that'll do him the world of good and probably won't play every week at, at Wigan. But uh, he's he's got a good manager there and we've seen what happened with Tom Cleverley. So you know, lots of hope that that'll work out for him and for Wigan and for United. And, and Joshua King gone to Blackburn Rovers. Now, there's a club that's well run. Uh, you know, not going to go pear-shaped at all, that transfer. A bit sad, really, isn't it, that he's ended up there? Player that people that watch the youth team hold in very high esteem. It's, it's a sort of shame that he's gone to Blackburn, but I guess they'll play him every week, probably, won't they? And yeah, he's had three and a half years at United and, and didn't make the breakthrough, so, you know, probably the right time for him and, and all parties to move on, I think. Uh, Blackburn's an odd choice, but, you know, they seem to like him. He's been there on loan, uh, scored a couple of goals in, in eight appearances, so, you know, he's he's doing all right. Still, still time for him to, to make a good career, I think. Already a goal scorer at international level, of course. Yeah, absolutely, and, and best of best of luck to him. Bebe's shipped out to Rio Avenue. He's gonna rock down to Rio Avenue, and then he'll shank his cross wide. Yeah, they're, they're actually a half decent Portuguese side in the upper half, upper third of the Portuguese league. There, so we'll see if he plays plays or not. I think they're just hoping he does okay enough that they can shift him on permanently in the summer and just forget about that whole sordid business. Very, very, very strange. Every time you think about it, it doesn't ever get any less strange. And we're not going to buy anyone, are we? 60 million plus Nani and De Gea for Ronaldo aside, of course. Yeah, that was going to happen, of course, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, a couple of days before the, the Champions League tie with them, sure. Uh, no, it doesn't look like it, you know. Uh, there's been loads of talk about Herrera, the Mexican midfield, young Mexican sort of defensive player. Uh, seems that it's a bit of a bidding war on, uh, you know, following some people who know Mexico, Mexican football well. His club are seeking a large fee for him, and we'll see whether United go for that one. And, you know, in kind of European terms, it's still not going to be that much money. Lots of talk about Streetman, don't think that one will happen either. From what I've seen of him, I'm not really sure that he's actually good enough, although I can't confess to watch the Dutch league every week. And I suspect that Chelsea and, and City and, and, you know, it seems Liverpool will be the big spenders of the transfer window. They're, they're the people that really need to strengthen. United have got the numbers in the right place, and, and unless Ferguson's going to go and spend £30 million on a really, really top-class central midfielder, you know, there's, there's not a lot of need to strengthen in other positions right at the moment. No, absolutely couldn't agree more. I think in the long term, we, we definitely have to do something about the le- left-back situation. Because if Patrice gets injured, then we really are in a bit of trouble there. Because Butner doesn't look to be of that calibre, really. But yeah, apart from that, in central midfield, we're all right everywhere. Looks like Chelsea might sign Denver Bar. That seems to be percolating right now as we speak. It'll probably be done by the time you hear this, maybe. Obviously, phenomenal value given his contract at Newcastle. But there is this this ongoing thing that Tony Pulis once described his knee as a ticking time bomb. So interesting to see whether that is affecting why he hasn't gone somewhere sooner. But, I mean, you'd rather have Denver Barr in your squad than Daniel Sturridge, wouldn't you? Especially you're going to be in the, in the black on those two deals as well. Well, right. Uh, although the the financial situation isn't as clear cut as uh, as it seems, because Denver Bar's people want a lot of money, and there's a loyalty bonus to be paid. That'll probably be paid not by Newcastle, by Chelsea. So I think the de- the whole deal, plus plus his wage demands are pretty hefty. So the whole deal is going to cost Chelsea quite a lot of money. But you know, it's chump change, isn't it? For Abramovich, he can he can find ten or twelve million pounds down the back of his sofa and and not worry about it. So he's a really good addition to their squad. They've not got a lot of striking resources. I mean. It's, uh, 
uh, Sturridge barely ever played in a centre-forward position anyway, so Chelsea are going to lose nothing there and, and gain a real alternative to Fernando Torres or, you know, p- potentially a partner, but I think probably more likely an alternative. And good move for Barry, he'll make loads of money out of it, and, you know, if his knee does pop, he'll still make loads of money out of it. So, you know, yeah. win- winners all round. Talking to Sturridge, cracking quote this one, love this one. Sturridge can be as good as Falcao. This is from uh, Rock Meltdown, which is, as at Yolki underscore said on Twitter, a real gift today. Brilliant stuff from Rock Meltdown. It's like when Stephen Gerrard, not Rock Meltdown, but actual Stephen Gerrard, said that Joe Cole would be, could do anything that Lionel Messi could do. Another one on Rock Meltdown. Barini, Suarez and Sturridge, easily the best front three in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, talking of stupid things on Twitter, I think it was Ollie Holt that said if he had to combine the United and City strike force, he would take Rooney, RVP, Tevez and Aguero. Really, really, are you all right out there on that limb? You know, it looks pretty shaky on that limb, that, that crazy leap of fantasy you've just made. Yeah, I, of course you can't call Ollie Holt Ollie Holt anymore. He's Alice to friends. <laughs> of course. I guess that just leaves us with a preview of the West Ham game. It's always weird, the FA Cup fixture after the the Christmas period, because like, everyone's lives return to normal, everyone goes back to work and all that sort of stuff, and then the sort of glorious football every other day thing stops, and, and it's always a bit of a, a, a bump to hit, the, a bit of a speed bump in the, in the season to hit an FA Cup tie. But I've decided that one of my um, this season's resolutions, I'm going to try and enjoy the FA Cup as much as I can, so hope we have a little good run in it, but it's going to be a tough tie, it's going to be lots of rotation, and frankly, if we're not competing in the FA Cup, it's not the end of the world, is it? That's the take on the FA Cup that Ferguson has had over the years, of course, you know, he's often rotated, now I'm quite sure he's going to rotate heavily for West Ham, and quite a few fringe players that haven't had a lot of time this season will play, you know, I'm sure we'll see Lindergaard, I'm sure we'll see Welbeck, Probably Bootner because Ever played every minute of the Christmas period. You know, that's uh, how much they run him into the ground. You know, I'm sure if Chris Molling and, and Phil Jones are fit, they'll both play too. Maybe we'll get to see some more of Kagawa uh, because he needs the minutes. 8, 9, maybe 10, 11 changes for that game. It's going to be a tough game for United as a result. Hard to predict a comfortable win for United. Not as if West Ham are playing particularly well at the moment, but loads of changes. I'd, I'd really like to see United win the FA Cup again, you know? It's coming up on nine years. So it's not good enough, I think, for a, a club like... You know, this is a, the oldest organised football tournament in the world, and, and, you know, United should have been should be having a crack at it, I think, and uh, it's obviously well down the list of priorities, of course, but kind of a shame that uh, we haven't been to a final in a while. We do maybe have the squad though this time round. I think we do. You know, there's we've got so many options that that I think, provided he he does it right, it's not it's not impossible. I think it all depends on the, that Madrid tie, doesn't it? If we, if we're really competing in Europe, it's going to be very difficult to do it on all three fronts. But you know, it's that whole 1999 four strikers thing. It's not not impossible. Not not impossible, and and also I think it depends on who we draw in the rounds, you know, and, yeah, and when they so. come. It really, really, really does. Not not just in terms of the quality, but whether Ferguson can you know, afford to rotate the resources and you know, United playing weaker sides, and and then if it gets to the semi final stage, then he can play the the big guns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, West Ham, they're comfortable in the Premier League, so I, I would imagine they'll be putting a lot of resources into into trying to beat us. I, I would Im- wouldn't imagine there'll be much rotation at West Ham. They'll 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 want to win this, won't they? I, I'm quite sure. You know, it's their cup final, isn't it? Or or 
third round. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely will. You know, I just remember when uh, United went there in the Carling Cup a couple of years ago and, and uh, they were massively up for it then as well. You know, it's United in town. It's uh, it's their derby, isn't it? So many clubs appear to think that uh, they are rivals to United. Uh, you know, it's not, but some pretty bad experiences by United at uh, Upson Park over the years. Let's hope this isn't the one. I have a kind of feeling that United might just sneak this one. I've got the sort of opposite feeling. I'm, I'm going to predict. I think I might predict a 2-1 win to West Ham. I think after the masterful rotation of the Christmas period, there'll be a slight over-rotation and, and we might pay the price for that. Well, fair enough. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say that's a crazy prediction or anything. I, I'm, I'm going to go for 2-1 to United. I, I'm not predicting clean sheets anymore because that's a failed <laughs> strategy. And, and when I predict goals in at the wrong end, then we come up with clean sheets. So, sorry about my voice this week. If you want to contribute to the medical fees, then it's unitedrun.co.uk slash donate. If you want to get in touch with either me or Ed, I'm at UTDRantCast on Twitter. Ed is at UnitedRant. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash UnitedRant. You can also leave a comment on the show page or a review on iTunes. By this time next week, hopefully, I'll sound like a normal human being again. Yeah, you've got to get rid of that bad AIDS, Paul. It's, uh, it's, it's not good for the soul or the body. I've got the Fletcher. You got the Fletcher, yeah. Well, it took sick boy, sick boy, an awful long time to come back. He's not really made it back into the United first team. I, I kind of suspected that'd be the case. I'm sure he'll play against West Ham, and that'll be nice to see. Been great talking to you again this week. I, I think we can look back on a, a very fruitful Christmas period. Great to hear from all the lads that we met at the weekend and ladies and and ladies. Yeah, you know, lads is a you know all all encompassing term in football, isn't it? Okay, good. Yeah, it's, um, I'm really, really excited at the turn of the year for what this year ahead's going to bring for United because whether we win or lose, it's clearly going to be fun and that makes a huge difference. I don't think we felt like that at the turn of the year last year. It really does make a difference, you know. I, I think people are an awful lot more forgiving of, of you know, United's failings with entertainment and uh, this side is definitely giving us entertainment at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So all this talk of the far-flung future aside, we'll be back next week and I look forward to talking to you then, Ed.